Well, I'm definitely thankful to be here. If you were here the first time I preached, you probably could have kept your cars running. It would have been no big deal. It felt like a a 10-minute message. It It was okay. It was weird. It was a weird one. Okay, go ahead and turn to Proverbs 11. Proverbs 11. I'm thankful for Christmas breaks. I am, but I'm also glad to be back in the routine of things, you know, being part of um, a system. Again, it's super nice. So I'm going to be really uh, preaching about something that bothered me um, actually during this Christmas break. Not that bothered me, but I struggled with, and that was greed, and really just the grip of greed, the suffocating grip, really, of greed. Um, So as you may have read some Dr. Seuss books. Um, I really love Dr. Seuss books. I do. Some are random and silly, but some teach a moral lesson. In the movie or the book, The Lorax, a young entrepreneur, he leaves his home wanting a better, more prosperous life than the one that he currently has. He's like this small little family. He do, they don't really have much, and he wants, to, he wants to make something. He wants to make something of himself. He's on his own, and the entrepreneur, he invents this object called the Thneed. T-H-N-E-E-D. The Thneed. Sounds like I have a lisp. <laughs> it's, it's an object, and, and a creation, that really can be used for anything. The Thneed is made up of the truffula tree, and yes, if you Google it, it is not a real tree. It's a fictional tree. Of course, it's from a Dr. Seuss book. Um, but the entrepreneur, he keeps wanting more of this stuff. He keeps wanting more success. He keeps wanting what the need is giving him. So he, he keeps trying to fill this, this void, this, this want, this desire. So he cuts down all the trees in the forest, destroying anything in his path, until one day he's cut down every tree and he's sitting on his throne of needs. He thought he got everything he wanted, but at the sacrifice of others along the way. And now he sits all alone with just all his stuff. So I'm really not concerned. I really don't care if you've ever read a Dr. Seuss book, if you've ever read the Lorax, but I am concerned with greed in the life of a Christian, in my life. Greed should not characterize uh, you, a Christian, in any type of way, not the slightest. And I believe all of us at times truly do struggle with being greedy. Some of us may struggle with more than others, but I believe we may struggle with it like this young entrepreneur in the Lorax. So what really is greed? We're going to be going through some different aspects of greed and what it causes in our life. So greed, it looks like this. It's, I need Jesus, of course, plus fill in the blank, plus more money, a better income, plus a new vehicle, plus a new whatever it is. And once contentment for you becomes addition, yes, I'm a teacher, so we're going to do a little bit of math. So greed is Jesus plus whatever. That's greed. It's Jesus plus whatever. That's when uh, greed becomes it, is when Jesus becomes an addition problem. You may never say this aloud or in your head, But this is greed. God is no longer enough, and Jesus no longer satisfies my soul. That is greed. God is no longer enough, and Jesus no more fulfills my soul. You may be thinking, whoa, that's a little much. That's a little heavy. But essentially, that's what greed is. The Bible says greed is deadly. 
and we are all tempted to be greedy. A commentator said uh, what greed is. I loved his definition. It's, he said it's desiring something so much that you lose your contentment in God. Greed is desiring something so much that you lose your contentment. You stiff arm Jesus. Greediness is really easy to point out in others, just like with any other sin. We love to gossip. We love to really, it's easy just to see uh, it in others. But we need to ask ourselves if we are greedy. Am I greedy? And it's important to identify if you struggle with this because a greedy heart shows a life that is walking away from satisfaction in Jesus. So we're going to be looking at these. Greed, first off, is foolish. It is foolish. Greed is foolish because you will harm yourself with it. The grip of greediness is deadly. In Proverbs 11, uh, verses 24, Proverbs eleven twenty four, it says, the, There is that scattereth, and yet increaseth. So he scatters stuff, and whatever he scatters, he gets gain. And there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. A man will withhold more than he actually needs, but it will lead him to being poor, lead him to being poverty. Verse 5, the liberal soul shall be made fat. This is not, the Bible is not making fun of anyone here in liberal. But the liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Those who give will get. Those who give will gain more. Verse 26, he that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him. But blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. Greed can make you poor, greed can make you wanting, and it can make you hated by others. It promises, it promises gain, it promises riches. This, this gain of greediness promises wealth, it promises happiness, but the opposite is so true. It will lead to demise, it will lead to poverty. And hoarding in the Bible, it means less. The more that you hoard and keep for yourself, if you hold more than you actually need, you will become poor. Like seeding or watering a garden, the more that you put out, the more you receive. And one major sign of greed is hoarding and stinginess. And this will hurt you and others around you. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to be reading throughout Proverbs tonight. Proverbs 28, 22. I should have made slides. It hit me this uh, evening. I said, I should have made slides. It's okay, maybe next time. Anyway. He that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye, and considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. So what this verse is basically saying is the consequence of greed is the poverty you dread is that you will end up with. The consequence of greed is that the poverty you fear, the poverty that you don't want to happen, will happen to you. On the flip side, the generous will be given more. Those who, it's a simple concept. Those who give, those who give out, those who let loose will be given too. Those who hold back, those who stiff arm, those who avoid generosity, they will become poor. They will experience poverty. And this is super hard. It is super hard uh, with anyone. And what my struggle was, especially, I mean, just this, this time of giving. Christmas is a time of giving, and what I wanted not to do, I did not want to give. Because mentally, humanly speaking, it logically, it just did not make sense. Why should I be giving, spending so much money or whatever when I 
uh, you know, feel like I don't make as much or whatever. Well, income is no excuse, whether you make a lot or whether you don't make anything at all. Income is no excuse of why you shouldn't be generous. God's wisdom will work out even if you never see it work out in this current life. That's where you have to have faith. You have to trust him. Greediness, it also hurts people around you. Greed might cause you to fail to meet people's needs or to drive out maybe family members or others that you hold close dear. In Proverbs 15, verse 27, it says, He that is greedy of gain troubleth his own house, but he that hateth gifts shall live. He that hateth gifts shall live. Craving money and going after it by any means necessary always has negative consequences, especially those that are closest to you. So you may feel like you need that extra income. And sometimes stuff happens in our life and we do need to go out and get another job or whatever. We sometimes do have to do that. But be careful at what expense. Who is going to suffer because of that? Is that extra dollar an hour? Is that extra income really worth the expense of stewarding your children to walk in the ways of God? Is it worth uh, loving your wife like you should? Is it worth loving and showing respect to your husband like you should? In Joshua chapter 7, Achan, he took valuables that was part of the rubbish of the wall of Jericho when the Israelites walked around it and it fell, and they were commanded not to take anything for themselves. So, but Achan, he took stuff and he hid it in his tent. And him, his wife, and his children were killed. They were stoned to death. They died. Having riches and possessions does not lead to happiness. It does not lead to happiness. Greed doesn't just hurt you or yourself, but it's also just, it's dumb. It's just straight up stupid. Greediness is dumb. And I'm a victim of being dumb. It's a daily struggle. Okay, pray for me. And your students that I'm teaching. <laughs> so, the grain, the, the grain, the gain of greed, it does not last. The gain of greed does not last. Proverbs 23, verses 4 through 5 says this, Labor not to be rich, cease from thine own wisdom. Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. What that basically means is your possessions, your money, your wealth, all your assets will go bye-bye. That's what that means. Everything you own will go bye-bye. It will not come with you. And we need to exercise this practice of restraint of the pursuit of wealth. That should never be our goal is to be, I'm going to be as rich as I possibly can at anything in anyone else's expense. It's showing you that you are working for your own kingdom and not for the kingdom of heaven. We all need to work our hardest. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. We need to provide for our families. We need to provide for them for their needs. But we have to be careful of crossing a certain line of when it becomes greed. We have to be And you have to communicate with each other too. As families, you have to communicate with each other. um, Of, am I crossing the line? Am I working too much? Am I spending too much time at the office? Uh, Whatever it may be. You have to be careful of crossing that line of greediness. Because your money will fly away, but also who will go away is people. 
And people is who are here to serve. We are called to serve people. The harder, faster, and farther you run toward money and success, the more distant family, godly friends, church, and Jesus will be in your life. The harder and faster and farther you run toward money and success, the very same is true with Jesus and the things of God. You will run farther from it. So do not waste your life on things that don't last. It's dumb. It's, it's hard to do. I understand in our fleshly, um, our bodies, the sin nature that we have, it's hard to do, but we have to restrain that. Cell phones, TVs, and light bulbs, all at one time were only for wealthy people. Pretty crazy. I am super wealthy right now then. I got a lot of light bulbs. <laughs> but now everyone has at least one of these things. If you don't have a light bulb, come see me. I'll give you one after the service. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 21 says this. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. And we are ourselves and we are upon earth. Where moth and rust doth corrupt. And where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. And where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Your money is really a compass of where you're headed. Your money is a compass of where you're going. Where a lot of your money is going to, is it going to uh, entertainment? Is it going to free time? That's where your heart is toward. Is it invested in the things of the gospel of Jesus Christ? That's where your heart is showing where it's headed to, where it's at. So are you trying to get rich here in this kingdom or for the heavenly kingdom? And the deadliest reason, uh, or yeah, the deadliest reason for greed, and I think one of the deadliest things of greed, it really is just greed is unbelief. Greed is unbelief. That's what greed is. If we come down to the basis of greed, it's unbelief. Proverbs 11 verse 28 says this, he that trusteth in his riches shall prosper. No, it says, shall fall. He that trusteth in his riches shall fall. But the righteous shall flourish, flourish as a branch. And some may look at this verse and say, well, that doesn't make sense. This guy makes tons of money, and he is wildly successful. Yes, that may be true, but what kingdom is he rich in? If, it's, if he's rich in this kingdom, if he's rich on earth... That don't matter to jack squat. It really doesn't. But you may be the poorest person earthly-wise, humanly speaking, but if you're living constantly for the Jesus, constantly living for the kingdom of Jesus, bringing people to God, introducing them to Jesus, telling them the gospel, then you, my friend, are rich. You are righteous, and you are flourishing. You will flourish. Greed is trusting in and finding happiness in wealth or possessions rather than God. The problem is not wealth, but your attitude toward it. If your joy and trust is determined by money and possessions, then you are worshiping something other than God. Proverbs 11.4 says, Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death. Your money will not save you when it's time to die. It will not. 
it will do absolutely nothing. But being righteous, not your good works, but where do you get righteousness from? It is through Jesus. It is through God's Son. Mark 8.36 says this, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Is it really worth it? Is your children's lives really worth it? Is your life worth it? Is it really all that worth it? Greed will hurt you, others around you, and it can send you to hell. So what is the antidote? What is this cure for, for greed? What, how do I escape this grip, this constricting grip of greed? Hebrews 13, 5 through 6 says this, Let your conversation, your life, how you live, be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, Jesus said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Not I am my own helper. The Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. If you are not, if you are not content, it is because you do not trust God. If you are not content, it is because you do not trust God for help. And I'm, more, and I'm more convinced that there are more Judas Iscariots in churches than we'd like to admit. We like what being in close proximity to Jesus brings us without wanting to be like Jesus. We would rather look like a Jesus follower than actually follow Jesus himself. Judas Iscariot wanted money and betrayed Jesus for it, and he got it, and then he later hung himself and died. So decide today, will you that you will not be Judas, that you will not be an Achan, that you will not be this fictional character from the Lorax. Jesus, through the gospel, empowers you to be content and generous to others. And it's through the gospel. It's not some mustering up, some false, some emotion. Today I'm going to be generous. Good for you, but in whose power? God's power. It must be through the power of God. And one of the ways that, you, that can help overcome it is by giving. By, it doesn't have to be tons of money or whatever. It can be something so small. It can be something so small that God has given you to give to others. It does, you don't have to make it some difficult task. It can be something super small. And sometimes it may not be money that you can give them, but time. Just your time. A word of encouragement. A listening ear sometimes can go a lot farther than any financial uh, gift. And you have to be con- conscien- conscientious of that, or however you say that. Just do it, yeah. <laughs> Nike. All right. I got, I got one or two more uh, things that I want to say of really just the cure for greed that, um, that really helped me out when I read these. Second Corinthians 2, verse 8. So good. Second Corinthians 2, verse 8 says this. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Jesus was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Not for his own self, but for you, Jesus, King Jesus, became poor. That ye, that ye through his poverty, might be rich. Through Jesus' poverty, you might be rich. So the cure for greed, it's super simple. It's the gospel. 
The cure for greed, for sin, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Grasping the gospel will release the grip of greed. Grasping, fully understanding the gospel will release that grip of greed in your life. Once you understand King Jesus leaving heaven and becoming poor, then you can let go of any possession that you claim is so dear because Jesus is greater than any material possession you will ever own. He is greater than any possession you will ever own. So grasp the gospel and it will release that grip of greed in your life. Let's pray.